Tuesday. Welcome back to another episode. I'm going to keep the intro short because it is a pretty long one. But today we have Zach, who's a copywriter in advertising. And we're going to be talking about, yeah, you guessed it, advertising. Um, But we're also going to be talking about his music festival that he founded and a video game that he worked on. So it's another creative episode. But yeah, let's get into it. Hello, welcome back to Happy Tuesday. Today we have a special guest. Well, not really special, but... Wow, this is me <laughs> we... right off the bat. We have Zach. Hello, that is me. <laughs> I am Zach. Um, yeah, why don't you introduce yourself <laughs> so we know who you are. Okay, okay. <laughs> My name is Zach Richmond. Uh... And depending on what you want me talking about today, I guess I am a copywriter in the advertising industry. Uh, I also am very active in the music scene in Toronto as a uh, founder of a music festival, and I'm also a game developer. Wow, look at you. Wow, you're making me feel like I'm flexing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this like introductions just like, you know, you just have to sell yourself. Like a true advertising person. I've had lots of practice being in advertising. You you kind of got to get used to selling yourself a bit, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. Okay, so I want to ask you a question. I I always ask you this when I talk to you. Okay. But what are you wearing? (laughs) What What am I wearing? wearing? Oh, oh, look, this is is not professional. You know, this is a podcast. (laughs) No, I didn't mean it like that. You know what I mean? Millions what's on your fucking people. what's on your fucking shirt? Okay, okay. Okay, fine, fine. Okay. <laughs> I am wearing I'm gonna get you can see me. So I'm gonna stand yeah. up so you can see what I'm wearing. How, what are you oh that's cool. So, can you explain? Like Yeah. So uh, I'm wearing a shirt from a company called Saints. Saints is a audio house in Toronto. Uh, I'm not oh. sure if they have other locations, um, but uh, maybe they do. Um, but uh, they're an audio host in Toronto for sure. And um, yeah, I've worked with them. No, they're not audio. I'm so dumb. They're an editing house in Toronto. <laughs> that was me being dumb. I'm dumb. They're an, <laughs> You're dumber than me. I'm dumber than you go. right now. They're an editing house in Toronto. There's so many companies I, I got to work with. I, sometimes I forget. Um, and they're super awesome. Um, I, just, uh, I got this shirt a few years ago when I did my first project with them. Uh, back when I was doing some work for BMO, back at my old agency, and I just did some more recent work with them for um, for Volkswagen, which was really really great stuff, and they're a pleasure to work with. And but this shirt I'm wearing is like it has like like a saint on it, holding like a sword and uh, like a skull, and it's like in like a stained glass yeah, window kind really... of formation, but it's all black and white. It's really dope. Um, it's one of my favorite shirts. Yeah, it's uh, really cool. Yeah, because on top of being awesome at editing, they're apparently awesome at fashion, and <laughs> this shirt proves it. Yeah, you're not wearing a band shirt. I was actually, uh, I thought it was a band I shirt. Gotta, I got to switch it up now and then. But I, I, need yeah. you, I need you to cut out the part where I mistakenly said that Saints is an <laughs> audio house, not an editing house, because now all my advertising friends are going to be listening to this, and they're going to be like, yo, this guy, you know, like... He's not on his A game right now. Okay, well then we have to re we have to re-record it. Or you could just keep in the part where I said cut out that part, and then that becomes the bit. 
Wait, that's so mindfuck. Like, what? It's meta. <laughs> I'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. I, I believe in your editing skills or whatever you do. Anyways. Oh, God. Um, um, but you know what? Just in cool. case, just in case, let, let, me, let me give you this. Let me give you this audio clip. So, yeah. <laughs> Saints. Saints is a editing house in Toronto. See, now you have the clip. There you go. You can, you can use that. This is just going to make me, like, make... So, like, it's going to be so much work for me to edit that in. Look, I, you asked me to be a guest. I didn't say I was going to make it easy for you, you know? <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm either going to cut it out or edit it and try to edit it. And if I can't, I'll cut it out. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> you do, Wait, no, you but do. I really want that part. Then keep it in. Keep the whole thing in if you want. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um... <laughs> Okay, so let's talk a little bit about, well, not a little bit, <laughs> but let's talk about advertising. Um, right. Tell us, like, tell us, uh, like, where you work, where you've worked before, like, just a brief overview. Uh, sure. Um, I started in the ad biz, I think, back in 20, I want to say 2015. Might have, been, might have been late 2014, around that time. Let's just say 2015. Um, I started at an agency called FCB. Um, and I've, I was there for years, worked on a bunch of great clients. Like uh, I worked on BMO. Um, I worked on a lot, bunch of lotteries. Uh, worked on like some tire companies, some car companies, a uh, whole bunch of stuff, whole bunch of stuff. And um, it was a lot of fun. A lot of, I had a great time there. Uh, and I recently uh, went from there to a new agency called Taxi. Well, new for me. They're not like new themselves, but um, they're called Taxi. And um, I'm, so far, I'm having a great time there. I'm working predominantly on Volkswagen, which is like a pleasure to work on. Um, such an iconic brand. It's been a lot of fun. And my team is fantastic. And uh, um, but, uh, but yeah, that's kind of where I am right now. Uh, and I guess I'm in the ad business as a copywriter, uh, which means like my, my domain, I guess, is the writing of things. So like, I'm all about how things sound. So like, how does the headline sound? Like, what's the headline? What's the script? What's the, uh, um, what's the social post? What's the radio script? Like, uh, how's like the writing aspect of all that. And then like, on top of that, the conceptual side, like, so me and my partner, who's an art director, we work together to like brainstorm the concept itself and like bring that concept a lot uh, to life uh, within our respective um, expertises. Is that a word? I don't know. But so like my partner will do the design, I'll do the writing and we'll like make an ad campaign. And that's what I do for a living. You just answered my first question or like well, the question I was going to ask after because i'm ahead of the game yo i was gonna ask you what does a copywriter do that's no. like the probably like i feel like a lot of people i mean people who aren't in the advertising industry don't really know what art directors or copywriters like what what they actually do like mm -hmm. telling my parents like they they don't know anything about advertising and they're always like, what do you do? And I always struggle with the answer. I'm like, what do I do? I don't know how to explain. Um, and I, 
I tried and I still don't think they understand. Um, but could you like explain like your relationship with your art director and like, I mean, you briefly touched on like what you guys do together, but mm. if you can like elaborate on that. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like um, just to recap, like, so my partner's an art director. I'm a copywriter. We work together to, think of uh, ideas conceptually. So we will essentially brainstorm and like throw ideas uh, uh, against each other to like think of big ideas that could like make good ad campaigns that could answer the brief that we're given. Uh, and then when it comes to executing, he does the design, I do how it sounds, we kind of build it from there. But it's, uh, it's a delicate balance. Like it's, 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 uh, it's interesting. They're kind of like your work husband or your work wife. Because, like, you do everything with them. Um, you're, like, c c consistently, like, throwing ideas with each other and, like, w trying to, like, better those ideas and, like, and like uh, like fight for that, uh, that idea with each other. And just, like, kind of, they're your partner in crime, really. Um, my, my partner, I have a great relationship with him. We just kind of vibe really well. And uh, we're just on, like, after years working together, you just become on the same wavelength and you could just, like, once one of you kind of drops an idea or just mentions an idea like you could just like quickly do a little back and forth and boom it's like a really good idea because you just kind of like get into that flow with each other yeah um so yeah like it's a good partnership is hard to find but once you find one it's like really it's gonna sound cheesy as fuck but it's kind of magical you know <laughs> it's just so cheesy but like it's <laughs> It's true. Like you just like you work together on everything, and you like it, depending on how you mesh together, your ideas are either gonna turn out really good or really shit. And I'm very lucky that with my partner, they I, I like to think they turn out good. So that's yeah. kind of what it's like. So, what is like the hardest part of being a copywriter and like if you can explain like the process when you're you know coming up with like a campaign idea the hardest part um there's a lot of hard parts but i think the hardest part uh, the hardest part in my opinion is being able to keep going if that makes that sounds depressing. What I, what I, what I mean by that <laughs> is like um, there's going to be a time, many times where you're brainstorming um, and for ideas or brainstorming for like a headline or a script and you just feel like you've like explored every option and there's like nothing left. Like there's no more ideas out there. We've thought of everything and we couldn't think of anything good and like but forcing yourself to like push through that wall and just like keep brainstorming or keep going until you get that winner. Um, it's, it's very hard, but it's like so rewarding. Um, so it's a really important skill to have because there's so many times where like the good ideas don't always come right away, you know? And yeah. a lot of people think like the top creatives in the, in the world are just able to just get a brief and think of a good idea, then boom, they win awards. But that's not the case. They just keep going and keep going and keep going um, until they think of something good. And that's tough, but it's necessary to like make good work that could like win awards and like get famous and all that. Um, it's definitely, in my opinion, one of the bigger challenges, but 
it's a rewarding challenge to overcome. Yeah, for sure. Like, I, I'm not very good at writing, and I don't know how you guys do it. Like, copywriting is so difficult. <laughs> yeah, because I find like, art everyone, direction difficult. Well, like everyone who's not in the advertising like industry, they're always like, "Oh, copywriting? Don't you just like write?" And it's like, "Oh, like." You don't know anything about copywriting. Yeah, it's... Like, it's so difficult. Like, I mean, we graduated from the same program, but, you know, we had to take copywriting classes. I think we took two or three. And honestly, it was the it was my worst nightmare. Like, I hated it. Like, it's so <laughs> difficult. Is that, why, is that why you messaged me last night at one in the morning for me and, like, super early for you, I guess, to, like, hey, can you copyright this for me real quick? <laughs> Yeah. And I'm like, Sai, you're um, going to bed. And you're like, too bad, write this. I'm like, fuck, okay. Yeah, like I, I you're kind of like one of my go to copywriters. Um, like my ghost writer. I'm gonna I'm gonna start I have a few you. copywriters. You know, I'm, I'm gonna that give I you, always I'm gonna give you my freelance rate one day and make you pay oh God. by the hour. I mean, it is worth it. Like, I can't do it, so <laughs> sure. Oh, shit, that was easy. Okay, is that easy to get some money from you? Jeez. Uh, well, I'll take you out for, like, lunch when I am when I see you next someday. Look. For every, every, you gotta like. Wait, you gotta wait till after the podcast and start flirting with me. Like, it's. it's Stop! You gotta wait <laughs> okay, till you, after. No. I take that back. I took that back. No, you're not getting your money. You're not getting your lunch. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, I don't know. You just got to do free labor for me. I don't think uh, you may not know the rules of the podcast, but uh, number one rule of any podcast is no takesie backsies. <laughs> so. Oh, that the way you just said that. <laughs> um, so what is it like working in advertising? Like, yeah. <laughs> uh mostly it's, it's pretty fucking dope <laughs> um i mean i think it depends on if you love the industry or not and i definitely love the industry and um i think i think it's great you work with a ton of great people um you get the i essentially get paid to have like huge brands be like here's a bunch of money make something cool and then i get them then i get to make that cool thing and then I get to win awards for that cool thing if it is a cool thing. Like <laughs> it's 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 a lot of fun. It's a lot of stress. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a uh, a grind. It's definitely like there are weekends you got to put in to get some shit done and to get those great ideas made. But in the end, it feels worth it because if you have passion for ads or like just passion for making cool shit happen. It's hard not to love it when you work hard and then cool shit gets made. Um, it's definitely, you know, I mean, the industry can be a bummer sometimes. It's like rejection is a big part of the industry too. So it's not always easy. It's not all glory. Um, but it's a hell of a good time. Um, and I, I'm, I'm, just, <laughs> so I'm just really happy in this industry. <laughs> Um, you sound happy. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 definitely like it's definitely the industry for me. You know, I just I like yeah. making cool shit, and I like being able to be creative, 
and I like uh, potentially getting famous for making cool shit. And I think uh, mm. advertising has all that. Yeah. Um, that's a good point. Like, I feel like <laughs> out of everyone I know in advertising, you're the most enthusiastic <laughs> about being in advertising. <laughs> You gotta be, um, like, though. <laughs> you gotta be. Like, to, I think to, like, really make it in this, in this industry, you gotta, you gotta, like, love what you do. Like, and that, yeah, and that, sure. and that doesn't mean, like, don't notice the shortcomings. Like, I'm definitely very cynical mm. about some aspects of my industry. Like, mm. it's not, a, I don't think there's a perfect industry, a perfect industry out there. And, like, advertise, advertising is definitely not exempt from that. Um, but, I don't know. I feel you gotta have a passion to like really make great work and succeed. That's just my philosophy, at least. Yeah. Like, there's, I mean, there are parts of advertising that I'm like, ooh. Or like, I feel like lots of people, I mean, it kind of makes sense, but uh, like, people don't like advertising. <laughs> yeah so it's a complicated it's yeah it's very complicated and i think i don't know like what what was the reason like why did you want to go into like advertising that's a good question um i mean i i went into my program which was a program focused on advertising as you know um right out of high school so i kind of knew right away uh, in high school, I I had an interest in design. Um, I was like learning Photoshop and Illustrator and all that, and I I was pretty good at it. Um, at the, I mean at that time at that level at least, uh, I was decent. And uh, and then I took a class on uh, took a media studies class, and my teacher used to be in advertising, so he had a unit all about advertising, and I just remember really liking that unit. And I'm like, okay, I'm interested in design and I'm interested in advertising. Maybe I should just go into advertising. So I went into, I decided to just like, just go for it. Went to my program. Um, it's a, uh, as you know, it's a four year BA in advertising. And uh, I went in wanting to be an art director. Um, but then in that, in our program, we get taught how to be an art director, a copywriter, and an account person, and I guess a little bit how to be a strategist. And um, then I realized, oh, fuck art direction. I'm going to be a copywriter. I'm going to write words for a living. And um, <laughs> I made that decision about two years into the program, and it was a, probably probably one of the smartest decisions I've ever made in my life. Oh, two years. Yeah. So you were like a art director for two years? Pretty much, yeah. Wow. Wait, I want to see like your work as an art director. Yeah, I'll show you like when when you were like in first and second year. Yeah, I, I still got some stuff like like somewhere like laying around. I'll, I'll find it. I'll, sh I'll send you some shit. Um, I wasn't bad, but I wasn't I wasn't great. But I wasn't bad. Um, uh, but then once like we started having classes in copywriting, I realized, hey, I think I'm actually like good at this copywriting thing. And turns out, I guessed correctly, and uh, luckily yeah. I changed my focus. Looking back at my first year of work, like I recently did, like I saw my first ad that I made. It was so shit. It was so bad. <laughs> Want to hear about my first ad?
Yeah, what's your first ad? I made my first ad in high school. Yeah. And it, it was an ad for Axe Body Spray. And <laughs> it was, there was like two bathroom doors, like the men's room and the women's room. Um, yeah. And the icon, it was like, and the icons were like the normal like stick figure kind of like bathroom yeah. icons. And the woman icon went to the, was like climbing onto the, door of the of the man icon so that door and then the, the line was something like uh something shitty like you'll smell so good that woman will fuck you in the <laughs> bathroom i don't know <laughs> i don't know what the line was but essentially it was the implications like oh like even the even the stick figures on bathroom doors like love the scent of axe bodies i don't know it was it was shit <laughs> that's pretty creative for a high school student i wouldn't have not not thought about that uh, well, th- thank you, like, I guess. <laughs> that's pretty impressive for a it's high school. It's a pretty shit ad, but I appreciate, I appreciate <laughs> you. Uh, I guess high school Zach says thank you. You're welcome, high school Zach. <laughs> what is your proudest work Ooh. that you've done so far? Uh, so my actual proudest work I can't talk about right now because it's oh, currently... Top secret. Uh, we're like, we did a soft launch already, but we're doing a hard launch later this month and I can't really talk about it until then. Um, so sorry, but, uh, I, I'll, I'll give a backup. I think, um, uh, earlier this year I did a real, an ad, um, uh, a campaign that I'm really proud of. And, um, I know, I know you've seen this, but we did, uh, yes, a campaign for, uh, pre-owned Volkswagens. Um, and our whole campaign was about, so our whole idea was like, okay, what, what's another type of pre-owned buying that people already do that gets like all the love online? And our answer was pet adoption. So we're like, okay, well, if we make a pet adoption campaign for pre-owned Volkswagens. Um, so that's what we did. We made, uh, we made a, uh, a spot or a commercial where, uh, there's a 30 second spot where uh, like it's like a it feels like a pet adoption commercial and it's like zooming in on a dog like a very cute sad dog but then you like use language that kind of talks about both the dog and a car and then you do a the reveal that no we're not talking about our four-legged friends the dogs we're talking about our four-wheeled friends Volkswagens um, and I, I love that piece and we had like all these great like social posts with uh which normally i don't really care that much about social posts but like the headlines were really good they were all like just like jokes and twists and play on you words wrote them well yeah i wrote them so of course <laughs> i'm not doing them but they're all like they're all like dog jokes like um yeah like i uh, loved i loved it and oh, i you. i i saw i saw your post on linkedin and i usually never comment on like you know shit like that but it was so good i gave you a comment i remember oh i feel honored it's very nice yeah and like you told me a bit about like the process of making that commercial i don't, I don't know if i'm allowed to say uh, i mean I could, but... I could talk about it a bit like yeah the problem these days is that like during the pandemic like you can't really do a lot of shooting there's limitations for like actually going out and like shooting a commercial um but and so like a lot of ads are made from like stock these days but like for this ad it's completely made out of just stock footage and like 
footage of like like Volkswagens that we just had like in a database, but we made it look like it was actually shot. Um, yeah, because we created crazy. this like re- we created essentially a digital space, like a CGI digital space, which makes I'm not sure if it's actual CGI, but making it sound cool, um, like a white digital space. Then we like put the car in there and put the dog in there, so it feels like a doll was shot together. Um, so it re- it's, it's really cool because it makes it feel like essentially we got the feeling of a high end production while mm-hmm. limited. By, well, not limited, but limited by a pandemic. So, like, not only am I, am I so proud of the idea, but I'm, I'm proud of the execution of this idea just because there was so much standing in our way, and yeah. yet we still made a piece that at least I could be, like, super proud of. Yeah, like, if you didn't tell me about that, I would have not known. Because I remember asking you, like, wait, did you guys film this during, like, COVID? You're like, no. And I was like, whoa. It's Movie so magic. nice. I wish I worked on it. <laughs> well you know you know it's a good ad when you can be like i wish i made that ad well, all you gotta do so. is uh move back to toronto get a job at taxi and then uh then we'll talk oh my god um so you work you know on vw yeah. um so what's what has that been like being like working on just one brand. It's really interesting. Um, I I wasn't like, I wasn't sure how I feel about it at first because I'm an old agency. I worked at a bunch of different brands, um, and I will at this agency too. My my contract is essentially like first year just Volkswagen. After that first year, you kind of get to work on everything, which I'm really excited about. Uh, but it's been really fun working on just Volkswagen. It's um, um, like. Uh, Volkswagen is such an iconic brand and having the opportunity to like really like like dig deep into what makes that brand special and to like make great work out of it like was is like truly like amazing and like Volkswagen has like a really specific wit and style and being able to like bring that wit and style to life in my own writing and my own ideas has been like super exciting um and of course, like the team I work with, both um, on agency side and on client side, are all like a pleasure to work with. They're, they're all like, like they all love good ideas, and that's so important. You want people that like love the work you make um, together as a team, and uh, I'm surrounded by people who do. Um, so it's yeah, it's it's been really interesting, like focusing on just one brand for so long, but it's been really fulfilling. Um, and a, like it's been a really unique experience. So speaking of like you know your proudest work, what are your favorite ad, well, favorite ads or favorite ad uh, that you're like, wow, I wish I made that. Just like like any ad. Any ad. Oh, I think there's two that come to mind. Okay. Um, funny enough, I know I talked about my first ad being an axe ad. One of my favorite ads of all time is also an axe ad, um, but not not old axe. I'm, I'm, we're talking new axe. We're talking the cool axe that's like open about all types of masculinity and not just like not the old axe that's like hey not high school use this axe. get laid woo <laughs> you know um, it was uh, I think it was a Super Bowl ad I want to say back in like 2016 um, uh, it was called Find Your Magic. Um, and the ad, maybe you remember, is like, six-pack, 
Who needs a six-pack when you got the nose? Who needs a nose when you got the style? Who needs a style when you rock those heels? Like, or it's like, it's like <laughs> the whole ad is like talking about all the different ways to that men could be masculine from like, and like having your thing and owning it. Um, so like, hey, you got a big nose? Fucking rock it. You got, you got, you got a six pack? Yeah, rock that too. Are you just fucking smart? Got a bunch of brains? Like, um, rock that. And I think not only just like conceptually is like, that's such a great message about masculinity and um, uh, about individualism and like being yourself, um, but it's also just a very well-written ad. The, the copywriting is just astounding. Like the script writing is just so good. Like the whole, the flow of it all, like, of like, you, you, you don't have this, but you got this, but you don't need that. Cause if you have this, but you don't need that. Like it sounds repetitive when you just say it like that, but how, but they make it not repetitive by just using all these really smart techniques to like really give the, the voiceover all this great personality and to like really like just really make it shine. And, um, Maybe I love this ad so much because I was a hundred percent the target demographic. Like, <laughs> I was, I was a a twenty something dude who, when I'm told they got that, you. yeah, what, 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 as a twenty something dude, if I'm if I'm told, hey, the the best way to be masculine isn't a six pack, but just the like rock what you got, and to work on that part aspect of yourself, I'm gonna be like, fuck yeah, that's true, hell yeah. So I guess being the demographic plus just like really great copywriting, I was like, love this ad. Um, and then the other one um, is an ad for TurboTax. Uh, it was called The Year of the U. And it, it's like, a, I think it was like a minute long, maybe even like a minute and a half, but it was a, it was a long ad. But um, they got, um, who's the guy from Step Brothers? Not Will Ferrell, the other guy. I'm going to, I can't be forgetting his name. Don't tell me you don't know either. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, I feel like everyone who's listening to this is going to be mad at us. So I'm going to Google it right <laughs> now. Step Brothers cast. Uh, Wait, like Will Ferrell? John C. Riley. John C. Riley. John C. Riley. Is Will Ferrell in that movie? He is. He is. But okay, the, okay. The, the other brother. So John C. Riley is the guy I'm talking about. Um, and the whole ad is he so he does the voiceover but the the ad is like the chinese calendar says this year's the year of the pig but i say that's wrong because it's the year of the you why and then the whole ad is talking about like um it's all about like lifestyle because this year you bought that house or this year you got married but it does it in a very funny and creative way it's like because this year you, you you gave your favorite shirt to charity Sure, your wife made you do it, but you're still the one who gave it away. Like, and so like, <laughs> it's um, like, it's a voiceover again. It's very inspiring language that really talks about um all the great things you do in a year. The year, your year is about you. It's about all the great things that you did, and um, which is not only a great message, and like they pull out so much emotion and humor through that language. Uh, but then they tie it all together at the end, being like, no one knows your year better than you. So that's why we make TurboTax an easy-to-use tool that lets you just tell, talk about your year. And that's what taxes are, a recap of your year. 
Like, like, did you get married? And you see someone click, yes. Did you buy a house? You click, like, so like, not only is it just such a well-written ad that brings emotion and comedy to the forefront and really connects to the audience, but then it ties it back so seamlessly to why that's important for TurboTax, a brand that you just wouldn't expect to like have that type of ad. And um, that's why I love that ad, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Um, both those ads are kind of similar. They're both like, yeah, like, like they speak to you. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they speak like to me. It's very hmm? motivational almost. Yeah, they kind of got the same vibe <laughs> going for them. They're kind of both like VO heavy or voiceover heavy. Yeah. Um, and they're kind of like a mishmash of clips from different scenes, but tied together through a voiceover. They're, they're definitely the same style of that. Um, mm. But I don't know, just whenever I, I want to remind myself of what good copywriting is, if I want to like give myself a little inspiration before I'm writing an ad, I'll like, I'll check those ads out. There's some other ads on my list I also check out um, just to kind of like get in the zone, you know? Yeah, so like on that note, what makes a good ad and what makes good copy? Oh God, you're asking me impossible questions now. What makes a good <laughs> ad? Um, I'm a believer there will probably be those who disagree with me here and that's and I I think their opinions well, are I think it's, valid it's, too. it's it's subjective too right like yeah. it's... I I I'm of the belief that concept is king um, which is a term that gets flown around like thrown around in the industry a lot which is uh, the idea that b before anything else before good copywriting before good design and good art direction the concept needs to be good not good good you know <laughs> so like like an ad is just an ad but an ad with like a really great concept behind it has life it like has you can make years of content out of one good idea you could expand on it you could evolve it um and like a good ad in my opinion has a strong core a strong foundation that could like be explored in a multitude of ways. Um, so like going back to those ads I was talking about, my like my kind of favorite ads, like the Axe one, the foundation is this super smart insight that men are tired of hearing that in order to be a manly man, you need a six pack. What men wanna hear is that you had the masculinity comes in all shapes and sizes and that that includes whatever shape and size you are. And all you got to do is work on it and be you and work on it. Like, and that was their insight. And then they made a really powerful ad based off that insight. And then they made more ads based off that insight. They made a great ad um, about uh, the insight was fantastic. It was about like what men are Googling online. So they took real search results. Like, is it okay if a man, and then let autocorrect, sorry, autofill, like finish out that sentence. And they made an ad, like, is it okay for a man to wear pink if you see a guy wearing pink? Is it okay for a man to uh, be bi-curious and you see a guy, like, kind of, like, pulling another, like, man into a room, like, flirtatious? Like, and, and, like, is it okay for a man to have long hair and you see a kid getting bullied for his long hair? Like, and so they took that strong foundation about, like, individual masculinity and what it means to be a man for the individual and brought it to, and not not only did they make that first ad where it's talking about it made it cool made it fun made it impactful they brought it in this other direction where it's like more of a social stance of like hey you know we believe 
This is what we believe, that all men should be able to be themselves in their own masculine way, whatever that masculinity is, however that masculinity is defined. It's okay for you to be X, Y, and Z. Um, and that, so they took that same insight and made two amazing ads in from completely different directions. But, and they were able to do that is because the concept of like individual masculinity is so strong. And if that concept wasn't there, those ads would be nothing. If, if those ads were the, like the same type of visuals, same type of writing, but the concept wasn't there to like guide it and give it that grounding, like it would, it straight up, they wouldn't be good ads. So right. I, I just, that's just my belief that like a good ad just needs to have a good concept. And then from there, it's just crafting. And there are those that, and I, I just believe this too. There are those that believe that um, the execution is just as important. And to an extent, I believe that too. Because once you have a good concept, you can't half-ass the rest of it. You need good copywriting. You need good art direction. Um, but in my opinion, you can only get to that point where you're able to keep crafting the, that, the, that art direction and keep crafting that copywriting because you have a good foundation. Um, yeah. So like... Yeah, I guess I, I guess that was a, that was a long answer, but I guess <laughs> no, I guess that's good. my answer. I see. You know what? At the beginning of my rant, I didn't know where I was going with it, and I'm glad I got to a place that made sense. <laughs> yeah, like I think I've I, we've had this conversation before, but I'm I think I'm more of a execution over concept. I'm not saying that concept isn't uh, important. Um, I think it's, you know, I think it has to be a 50-50. Like, I think the execution mm -hmm. and the concept has to be equally good. I agree. Um, but, you know, I moved to Japan because they're, they're more execution over concept. Um, concept can sometimes be a little, I mean, you see all the crazy ads and stuff like that, but mm -hmm. sometimes it, it lacks a good concept and it's more, like, craft-focused. Um, which, I mean, I, I wanted to do that, so I moved here. Uh, but yeah, I think it's, it's, it has to be, you know, 50-50. Mm -hmm. um, you can't have, you know, it's, it, a good ad is when you have both of them. You know? oh, I, oh, I definitely um, agree. It's just like, yeah, I 100% um, I agree with that. And um, I, I don't think, uh, I don't mean to downplay the craft aspect of it. That stuff's equally as important. I just kind of believe that, like, rather than 50-50, I kind of view it as, like, 100-100. You know? Like, you need, yeah, yeah. That, you need that concept. My belief is that in order for that craft to shine, it needs the foundation to back it up. And there are some great ads that out there that are just purely craft, and they're fantastic, and I love them. Like, there's, I'm, like I'm not saying there can't be good ads that focus solely on one or solely on the other. Um, like it's just my personal belief and approach is that like that foundation like carries through into the craft. So which is why I believe that that yeah. concept and that foundation is so important. 100%. So, um, you know, we, you talked a lot about concept. How do you come up with a good concept? Lots of coffee, lots of scotch <laughs> and uh, <laughs> luck. Mm. <laughs> So what's like the process like trying to come up with ideas? Like how do you come up with ideas? Because I think we all do it differently. But what inspires you? And like how do you, you know, come up with something new and yeah. 
It's a good question. I mean, I, in terms of inspiration, I think inspiration could come from anywhere, really. Like, I, I have a whole folder on my computer just like, titled Inspiration, and it's filled with anything from ads to, like, stupid YouTube videos to TikToks to, like, just, like, anything that, like, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Maybe there's something there I could, like, think about in the future. So inspiration's a we weird. For me, I get a lot of inspiration from, like, nerdy shit because I'm a fucking nerd um, and music shit because I'm a fucking nerdy musician. Um, but inspiration could come from, like, anything. And I think the internet's a great place to find that stuff. But when it comes to, like, actually, like, brainstorming, the process... I mean, everyone has their own process, and but for me and my partner, our process is pretty much, hey, let's brainstorm, but the first two and a half hours of that brainstorm is us just shooting the shit and talking about some movies that we like, and like, oh, hey man, did you see that new Star Wars film? Zach, you know I don't watch Star Wars. Shit, I forgot about that. Like, it's, it's that for two hours, and then, because you're like, you're kind of procrastinating, but you're kind of just like letting it all like like seep in, like kind of like letting yeah. like everything kind of just like settle in your head, um, and then just like going, like just like I don't I don't think there's like really like a like I I wish there was like a step a pro like a step by step process I could give, but it's really just now go, and you just throw an idea out, yeah. see if it's good, bounce it around. Start talking about movies again, and suddenly, oh, here's a thought. And then you mention that thought, you explore it. Maybe there's something, write it down. We'll come back to it later, if it, see if it's interesting. Keep going. And then you just, it's, it's, it's not neat. It's messy. It's, um, it's, it's not the most structured thing. It's kind of anarchy. But, mm. it, but, then, it, but then, suddenly... Some, someone says something and suddenly structure starts forming and suddenly this anarchy of just throwing around random thoughts and seeing where the fuck they go is starting to turn into a cohesive idea and a cohesive like really good thought and you keep crafting and honing and you went from anarchy to structure to you got from this like messy state of just seeing where shit goes to like oh now we have an idea a good idea um and then you keep going then you start out that process again then you're back to anarchy you know <laughs> Um, like it's, it's a hard part of the job and it's a hard thing to teach cause it's so uh, unmanageable. Like the brain doesn't work when you're thinking creatively, the brain doesn't work in a structured way. It's about yeah throwing shit out and seeing what sticks. And there may be tons of people who are like, Hey Zach, I disagree. I actually have a specific structure of how I go about my brainstorming and that's probably that's probably just as true um but how me and my partner go about it is we just shoot the shit and see where shit lands and then eventually we'll stumble onto some good shit <laughs> you know yeah like I definitely agree and I don't know I don't know if it's the same for you but I think some of at least my best ideas they just like pop up really randomly like I could just be like walking on the streets and like not thinking about anything and then it like comes up oh, 100%. <laughs> it's like yeah I think you need that back and forth of just like saying random shit and then you just kind of have to, you have to get your brain to kind of 
absorb that and then kind of forget about it for a bit and then like and then it comes up again oh, yeah. it, been, there's been many a time where like after a day of brainstorming uh, like um we went out for drinks or like um because like you know in the ad biz there's lots of going out for drinks um mm. and or at least it used to be um and like my partner would go home early because that's just the type of person he is he wants to go back to his lovely girlfriend um and uh i'll just get fucking wasted with my with my coworkers or friends and then i'll on my way home i'll have an idea and i'll call him up at fucking 11 p.m and be like bro i got an idea <laughs> and then we'll talk about it yeah, like exactly like, it comes at the random time like it usually comes like when you're not thinking about it like yeah yeah 100%. after a day of very bad brainstorming and like letting everything sink into your head you're taking a shower then you're like eureka yeah like the shower the shower has happened to me yeah because like like because what was happening is your your brain is in you're zoning out in the shower or going for a walk you're zoning out you know so like your brain starts making unconscious connections and suddenly and that's what an insight essentially is just connections you know like oh this relates to this in a, in a unique and interesting way um and your brain just like naturally does that when you're not trying so hard you know subconsciously yeah. and that so like you get those eurekas in the shower or at 4 a.m which happens a lot to me oh yeah Wait, you're awake that late? Okay, that was that was some hyperbole, which is a, a good tool for any good copywriter out there. Um, but like, yeah, like super late at night, like I'll like have a moment, uh, like I'll have an idea while I'm half asleep. I'll write it down, and I'll wake up be like, oh, that wasn't half bad. Or I'll wake up and read it, be like, that. What the fuck did I write? Turtle nuggets? What the hell? Like, you know. actually, like I once had a dream. And I'm pretty sure I used that as a idea. I think I woke up and I wrote it down. And then the next day I was like, oh shit, it's going somewhere. That's happened to me. I've had an idea in a dream. I woke yeah. up at like like 8 a.m., like normal time to wake up. And I, I'm like, I still remember that idea. That's an idea. And I yeah. <laughs> told my partner about it. I forget which idea it was. I don't remember if it was <laughs> like ended up going anywhere. But I just remember it was like a an idea that just like came up in a dream which is just so interesting to me the fact that like i guess we're so invested in advertising that like we end up just fucking yeah <laughs> um okay so we talked to, we talked about advertising but i want to talk about your music and video game stuff Dug. so honestly i don't have any specific questions but i just like you to like i don't know talk about talk about both of them <laughs> oh okay no questions just just free reign yeah just just sell it <laughs> yeah, such such an unprepared podcaster no questions jeez <laughs> oh you're so hard on me i'm i'm hard on you because i care uh, uh, <laughs> uh, all right so. I'm, I'm 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 just i'm just i'm just uh pulling your chain um so yeah, I got a couple hobbies. Well, I guess they're not really hobbies. I guess they're like they're actual. They're work two point um, Yeah. Actually, uh, I I don't know why I actually stopped calling them hobbies. Oh, I used to like tell people that like when I, when I was working on that stuff, um, people were like, hey, what are you up to? I'm like, oh, I'm working on some hobbies. I stopped doing that. I'm like, no, I'm working. 
because um, I realized I'm like, working on my hobbies. I've never heard anyone say oh, it. Oh like no, that. like I because I, I it was like because they were in this weird position of like they're not my job job, but like I'm putting work oh, like, in. Like it's like passion projects that turned into work. You know. Work. So like yeah, nowadays I whenever people ask what I'm doing and if I'm working on one of those like like passion projects like I don't call them passion project I call them work and I think that's a I think that's a it's mostly for me for my frame of mind like it's not like like I mean obviously my job job is the most important because it, it pays the bills and of course I love it um, but like these things are also important and I think when you call it like a hobby it suddenly feels less important um, mm. feels like it feels like oh Zach stop working your hobby come hang out but if I tell people I'm working they're like oh you're working okay like let's meet up later you know yeah. like um, but yeah, I got two other things that I do. Um, <clears throat> one is I run a music festival called Stranded Fest, uh, which is a Ontario based uh, music festival, though we do work with Montreal people sometimes, but um, mostly Ontario based music festival. Our, our whole shtick is that we do uh, from the, our main attraction, if you will, is uh, cover festivals. So we work with local bands, big and small, uh, to and they'll do cover sets of like well-known bands, and we'll make full festivals out of that concept. Um, and like, started it back in 2016, back when like Warp Tour and Riot Fest were no longer come to Toronto, and like, me and my buddy, we were just like punks who were bummed out, and we were like, okay, what can we do? And like, okay, let's, and we were in a band together. So like, let's, let's make it like a mini music festival. Let's get six or seven bands together. We'll all, we'll each cover a band that was supposed to be in these festivals that Toronto's not getting. And we'll like do a show at the legendary Lee's Palace and, uh, and have some fun. And we did it. And somehow we sold out that show. Um, our very first show ever. And we're like, okay, we clearly have something here. Um, let's keep going. Um, and then Stranded Fest as a company was born. Um, and we um, now, like every, I mean, clearly things have changed through the pandemic, but every year we're, around August, we do a main festival where we're like recreate that cover festival. So again, like six, seven, eight bands. Uh, now with like bigger acts involved because we've grown in popularity, uh, we'll, get, we'll do like these big cover festivals. And it's like a yearly event that people in the scene um, can look forward to. And then we do like smaller shows at the year too, where we like, they're a bit more niche or like a smaller genre. Like we'll do a show that's only like ska covers, you know, like I fucking <laughs> love ska, but like half of Toronto may not even know what ska is. I had to explain ska to my family. Um, so like we, we do smaller shows with more like niche um, audiences. Um, and that's, yeah, that's been super fun and, and like somewhat successful, which is really exciting. Um, because music's a big passion of mine. Um, so that's yeah. the first one. I really uh, wish I went out to one. Well, I regret you know, not going to if one. You were, if you were a good friend um, and a good person. Okay, okay. But like by the can. time we were friends, we... <laughs> like, I don't think... At that point, I don't think there was any more... Like, it, there wasn't any upcoming shows. So. Are you sure about that? <laughs> yeah i'm sure about that i think like, there may I'm have been really one really after sure actually that. i think there may have been one but i don't remember you could I, be right you could be right no, i don't think so you're mostly you're usually right but i've always but I've, you could be right i've uh, <laughs> i've seen like the posters and i've always wanted to like 
go to one? Well, all you gotta do is fly out to Toronto, and then uh, I'll give you VIP treatment. <laughs> <laughs> what does that entail? Uh, it means you get a couple of drink tickets, and uh, oh. and you get to meet the bands, go into the green room, boom. Wow. VIP. That's. Um... I'll give you an autograph. I don't want your autograph. Yeah, you do. I'm going to be famous no. one day. <laughs> I don't want that shit. Yeah, you, you can sell it one day. No, I'm not going to do that. That's just oh, wrong. You're going to keep it? Oh, thank no, you. No, I'm not going to ask for it for in, in the first place. No, I'm, I'm going to force it on you. It's gonna be in your, you're going to have a little loot bag as you leave my, my festival. And in, in that loot bag is going to be a signature. Just something like a napkin. <laughs> oh god so do you perform yeah i mean um so i used to be in a band a punk a pop punk band called back throw uh we <laughs> sucked um but it was a lot of fun uh we didn't suck suck but like we weren't great uh, <laughs> um most You're on of spotify we, we are we are on spotify go, you can, go, you can check, check music. it out <laughs> um um it's it, it is really like I still listen back to them sometimes because they, they bring back a lot of memories of the songs. Um, um, but I'm working on an EP right now, just a solo EP with my. I have a, I have a producer who's helping me out. Um, I mean, it's a bit. It's a little on hold right now, thanks to the pandemic. But it's uh, technically still ongoing, so that's that's fun. So I am a musician. Um, I play guitar and I sing and do all that fancy stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to make a comment, but I'm not going to make it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. I mean, your song-making skill is um, impressive. <laughs> I can't tell if you're lying or trying to give a sincere compliment, but don't, are feeling embarrassed by, <laughs> by that. Both. Both. <laughs> Can it be both? It could be both. I'll give um, you that. It's impressive because... Yeah, I mean, let's let's move on. That's. <laughs> oh, you you you're you're so cute. You're blushing. You want to give me a compliment? I'm not blushing. You're embarrassed. Of being no, I was gonna bring something up, but I'm like. Oh, you can bring no. up the song I wrote about you. Yeah, I mean, the content of the song was. <laughs> <laughs> so I just I I'll, I'll let it, I'll let people know. So, I wrote a song called Dumb, and it's about Sayu. And the fact that she is, wait for it, dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, it's just its just literally a song of me making fun of her for uh, three and a half minutes straight. Um, yeah, but and... I didn't, I like as much as the content is, you know, but the, I, I didn't, I wasn't expecting that. And it's actually a pretty good song. And it's very catchy and oh thank you i was very impressed even though it's just you roasting me for the entirety <laughs> of the song <laughs> well look if, if i if i if i uh am gonna roast you in a song i want people to feel to sing along oh my god <laughs> you, i hate you and every single goddamn thing you do it's kind of like that. I, for, I forget those actual lyrics but something like that it was um, yeah i had to listen back to it yeah well, well you make well, like well, a well, you don't you make like a comment about 
my forehead or something. <laughs> <laughs> sure. uh, yeah, I think I, I think uh, for a while or make my face or something. Yeah, no, it was your forehead. We would um, I think I I used to make fun of you because of your forehead. I forget why. It, I, you would either like. No, I'm... it's because. <laughs> I don't know. No, say it. You say make it. fun. Of, you make fun of me regardless. Like you make fun of everything. So. Yeah. But That's like there was, the, there was something the about the forehead. I forget what it was, but I think I think <laughs> it's just uh, the way it looks. <laughs> yeah, I think I think uh, I used to make fun of your forehead for some reason, and there was a, there's a line about that. There's also a line about you being in an all-time low music video. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you can't say that. Oh no, 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 everyone, everyone. There is a music video. The whole song is like all-time low, just like. Uh, um, on tour, singing at different venues and shit, and Sayu's <laughs> in the music video, front and center, fucking loving it. What song? What song is it? What song is it? It's Take Cover. I used Take to. Cover. Well, I'm still. I still like All Time Low. Um, I don't really listen to their recent stuff, but I used to be like a hardcore All Time Low fan, and I I met them and they pulled me aside and they're like, oh, we want we we want to fe- feature you in the music video or like video whatever i didn't i was i didn't know about this until i watched it um but yeah i thanks for bringing that up i mean look <laughs> now everyone's you... gonna know about my like pop punk phase Every, which everyone, i'm not, I'm not ash- ashamed of uh but <laughs> everyone had a pop punk phase come on yeah um, if you didn't then man where where were you exactly I, like <laughs> part of me is still in that phase i mean, I mean yeah definitely... I, I, I'm definitely listening to less pop punk these days, but like, yeah, I'll I still, go back. I still, yeah, I'll go back to you. But thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome. You better not cut that out. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna cut it out. Perfect. Not, every, <laughs> not everyone else could roast you too. Oh God. <sighs> You're really regretting having me on your podcast, eh? Mm, <laughs> I don't regret it. I don't regret it. Oh. I, I was. I, I. I expected this to happen, so. Yeah, you, you like it's impossible for you not to like have me roast you if we're having an interaction that lasts longer than two minutes. <laughs> even if it, even if it's not even if it's a minute, you roast me anyways. Yeah, yeah, you that's roast true. me like every second. <laughs> it's it, I mean, you make it really fun. So <laughs> I think it's just the way I react, right? Maybe I should just not react anymore. I think that's like you can't do that. That's like very un- off-brand for you. You know, mm. you would not physically be capable of not reacting. <laughs> I can try, <laughs> but then that'll just make me a boring person. I mean, you're already if I just boring. <laughs> <laughs> <Stop. laughs> oh god. Okay. <laughs> Suck. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. Um, okay, moving on. Uh, so yeah. Tell us about your video game stuff now, because I I don't know much about it. Um, so I let I let, tell me tell me about your video game. Awesome, stuff. yeah. Um, I'm a uh, game developer. Um, and uh, wow. I'm the director of a game called Two Time and Towers. Um, and I this is all this game. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you the link after. It's um, I'll tell you about it in a sec. But like this all started because like this this year. It's my first year doing this. Actually, last year. It's 2021 now. So 2020, I started this back in like April of 2020. There was a um, a game jam. And a game jam is like a competition um, where like you get like, the, for this particular one, you, you were given a theme and then you have 48 hours to make a complete game based off that theme. 
Um, so it's like an advertising competition, which I'm sure you're familiar with, but for making a full fucking video game. Um, and I've always wanted to do one because uh, I thought I'd, I'd like to think I had some good ideas when it comes to video games, uh, mostly because like I think I could I, I would be I thought I would be able to apply a lot of my advertising skills and brainstorming to like game design. Um, so I signed up for this game jam and it's a big community of people. Whoop, my headphones falling up. Sorry, one sec. Sorry, headphones fell out. Uh, it's a big community of people and um, I like connected with all these people and I like you have to form you like for the most part you form a team. So like I connected with all these people from all over the world within this community of people on, uh, of game developers online and we made a team of six of us and then we're like okay this is our team we're gonna do this game jam together and then come april again i think it was april the game jam started we were given the theme the theme was out of control and we had and we had two days to make a game based off that theme um and after two grueling days of no sleep and just like brainstorming and game testing and design and all this stuff we submitted our game and somehow we won um there wow were over... wait i didn't know that you won yeah we won there was there was um... congrats oh thank you um there were wow over... i didn't know that well now you could be even more impressed with me <laughs> uh very impressive <laughs> uh there were yeah there were over five thousand entries and uh we were in the top 20 and top 20 they're all considered first place it's like a joint first place um mm. so yeah we we won and we're like okay we just won one of the biggest game jams one of the biggest online only game jams ever so let's keep making this thing um so we've been working on it ever since um we've launched many updates since then like as we like expand on it and fix the game and um we just launched our um sorry excuse me um we just launched version 1.2 of our game which we're we fucking worked our asses full off to get done and uh but it's a lot of fun we made this really cool game um it's called uh two time and towers and um i'm gonna talk i'm gonna talk a little nerdy real quick i'm gonna get my nerdy <laughs> vocabulary out my video game vocabulary out um so two time and towers is a tower defense game where your towers have friendly fire turning a classic genre into a bullet hell i know you have no idea what i just said i'm so confused but <laughs> <laughs> essentially okay um you ever play like balloons tower defense from like addicting games like those websites back in the day um okay let me let me let me fast track <laughs> so a tower defense game is a game where like there's waves of enemies and to put down towers to like destroy the oncoming waves of enemies so they don't like get past your defenses yeah yeah um so we made a game like that but we made it so like instead of you being like an omnipotent god just putting down towers on a map you're an actual like person on the map moving around placing towers and then once the wave starts your towers are shooting bullets in every direction and you could get hit by your own bullets too so friendly fire Whoa. is on so now instead of just like putting down towers to attack enemies you have to dodge your own bullets too which turns into another game genre called a bullet hell which is a a genre of video games that are solely focused on uh, dodging 
projectiles coming from every direction. Um, oh, so it's like so a mix like two in one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's our, that's our, you know how I was telling you that concept is king? Like, and that's yeah. my approach to advertising. That was my approach to this video game too. And I kind of instilled that approach in our, my, in the team I worked with. And, um, so like, we are like, the concept is this unique thing we've never seen before. Um, and now we build around that and the craft is really good too. But the concept itself of merging these two genres was like, this is the interesting thing. This is the thing that makes this game a really good game because it has a good idea yeah. behind it. And it paid off. Um, I need to play this game. Yeah, I'll send you the link I'm after. Um, again, yeah. it's called it's called Two Time and Towers. And uh, we have a Twitter, a Discord, a Patreon. We have it all. We have it all. And Whoa, we, we have, have a like, Discord channel? Yeah, we got a community like going, like people uh, like posting their scores. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll invite you. I'll invite you. You could uh, you could come uh, add some uh, some much needed Sayu energy to the Discord. <laughs> Is it is it as addicting as the cookie cookie clicker game? <laughs> uh, that's, sure. Let's say yeah. Let's say yeah. Except oh you gave you gave up. Be, I gotta be ready. Uh, I yeah. I did. Because it wasn't going anywhere. Yeah, it goes on forever. Do you still play that game? No, no, God, no. <laughs> I was fun while I like uh, for those who don't know, Cookie Clicker is a classic game from like ages ago where you, you click a cookie <laughs> and then you buy things to help you click <laughs> the cookie. It's like an endless game, but like you, and like it's all about. There's a whole the Reddit account. Yeah, it, it's, it was terrifying. There's a, there's a huge community backing up this game. Uh, but it's hilarious. It was, it was and, terrifying. Uh, when the pandemic first started, I just I got into it because I was like, what the, what the fuck else was I going to do, you know? Um, yeah, and then you got me into it, too. Yeah, and I got you into it, too. And uh, It's honestly a waste of time. It's a huge waste of time. But, like, during a pandemic, like, what, if I'm not playing cookie quicker, I'm fucking <laughs> crying in my sleep. So who, who the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that got depressing for a sec. That was a joke. Oh, my God. Um, that was a bad joke. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was fun. Wow, I'm definitely gonna check it out. You sure. better. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna wait. What your high score is? What's your high score? I think I got. I think my, the furthest I, I got was Wave Thirty Six. Oh wow! Um, right now, the record for this version is Fifty Four. Someone got the Wave Fifty Four, and, and this version's okay, only been out that. for a week. This version's only been out that. for a week. You're gonna beat Fifty Four? Yeah. I don't think you'll beat Wave Six. I don't think I'll even beat wave one. You'll beat wave one. It's like only an idiot would lose a wave one. Actually, you know what? Like, you, may, you may lose wave one. Because <laughs> like, okay, when I first, like when I tried playing Call of Duty, I tried like multiple times and I couldn't even make it past the first level. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. So. So what you're saying is that you are not a gamer. I am not a gamer. <laughs> I can do cookie clicker, but <laughs> I mean, the, the cookie clicker. There's takes not much. Skills. There's not much. There's not much effort in that, though. Oh God! I mean, look, um, it takes a lot of energy to push a like, single button, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, I'm before um, I end the podcast episode, which. Has been a blast talking to you. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's been a blast talking to you too. Um, I, 
want to ask a question, like a rhetorical question to the audience. Ooh, um, okay. <laughs> um, about Mardi Gras. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I think my mic so, just clipped there. <laughs> so, um, when, so I think this was like April. Like I was telling Zach how I was going to New Orleans, um, which unfortunately I had to cancel. Um, but New Orleans is like my dream destination. And Zach was like wondering why. And we were talking about New Orleans. And I think you said something like, oh, I only want to go to New Orleans for the beads. <laughs> <laughs> and so the question is, the question is, um, what happens when you throw beads to people during is it mardi gras right during mardi, during gras. mardi gras okay that's a yeah. rhetorical question i'm going to give you like two seconds to think about well, that it's not rhetorical answer, they're going to answer the question like right? in their heads right oh well, yeah yeah in the comment section below that doesn't exist <laughs> but anyway, there is a true answer to that question and uh sorry and, okay. his answer is wrong well like he he was saying he was saying like oh yeah like he said i only want to go for the beads or whatever I definitely and didn't I was say like, like that. You're making me sound like a pervert. <laughs> Maybe you didn't. I don't think you said oh, the only reason, but you're like, oh, one of the reasons why I want to go is because of the beads. And I was like, what? The beads? And he, he was like, you don't know about the beads? And I was like, no, I don't know about the beads. And he was making fun of me. He was like, oh, you're so dumb because this is common knowledge, which... It's not common knowledge. It is like, common knowledge. It's not common knowledge. Just so because that's... two of your friends didn't know what happened. Sh- okay, but we made a bet. So I was like, okay, we're gonna ask someone, and if they don't know, if they if they don't know the answer this, to this question, then you have to owe me ice cream of your choice. <laughs> and so we asked our mutual friend, and he in fact did not know. <laughs> so Zach gave me ice cream we I went to shut the fuck up um <laughs> we went to... <laughs> we went we went to bang bang because that's my favorite uh ice cream spot in toronto and if you haven't been what are you doing you should if you're from toronto like you have to go get your shit together go to bang bang <laughs> um exactly like come on get your shit together um but that the ice cream was great, by the way. Thank you for the ice cream. You're very <laughs> but welcome. But it proves that it's not common knowledge. It, I mean, okay. So here's I have a question for you, though. Um, so in any study, in any scientific study, <laughs> one of the most important things is sample size. Our sample, our sample <laughs> size was one person. <laughs> so it's it's very possible that both you and our mutual friend are both dumb. well okay so dm me we should probably talk about like we didn't say did we say what happens yet no 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 no. okay so if you get it if you if you think this is common knowledge like for anyone who's listening and like yeah if you think if you knew this if you knew the answer if you think this is common knowledge tell me like dm me and tell me otherwise it's not it's not common knowledge but 
You're going down. Like, okay, you know what? Okay. You know what? You should we'll, you should reveal the answer. We gotta make another bet though. Okay. Yeah. So if I win, then uh, win what? Like when when like if someone DMs me and it's like, oh, it's common knowledge. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> that if seems I, like an unfair. If I win, if I win, then the next time I'm in Japan, because let's be real, Japan's amazing. I gotta go back. Uh, you owe me a bowl of ramen. Uh, okay, fine, fine, fine. You're lucky I didn't say fucking like wagyu beef. <laughs> do I still owe you wagyu beef? I'm pretty oh, wait, sure what? we talked. Oh shit, you do. Wait, why do you owe me wagyu beef again? <laughs> I have no idea. I, I remember, remember having that call. Yeah, I remember this conversation. Okay, then you know what? You owe me Wagyu beef and ramen. Uh, well, you already owe me Wagyu no matter what. <laughs> fuck. fuck God, I'm going to make you go broke when I visit. Oh, God. But, yeah, reveal the answer. Oh, yeah. So, during Mardi Gras, as everybody knows, <laughs> if you throw beads at someone, like most dominantly, I, I'm not... I'm not gonna pretend like I know the culture like the back of my hand, so I apologies if there's any cultural insensitivities with this. But essentially, you throw beads at a, a, a lady, and she flashes her boobies. Uh, <laughs> that's like that's not common knowledge, I swear. Oh God, I'm. It's either common knowledge or uh, my I my view of Mardi Gras has been severely warped by media that has represented Mardi Gras as such. Um, in which case, I do apologize, but I'm still keeping putting my foot down. I'm still I'm still putting the belief that I am correct, and that you will and, own ramen. And this this question doesn't apply. I mean. If you've been to New Orleans, then this it, that that's unfair. So I mean, what if they knew before they went though? Without research. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They ha they have to have heard it from someone. Well, the question is: Is it common knowledge? So, like, I guess that I guess that would common knowledge wouldn't inquire research by oh, default, true, true. right? Yes. Yes. Um. Okay. But so, what if what if you win? What what what? What do I have to do if you win? How about the how about the same thing? I'll have to buy you ramen. Yeah. Deal. We'll we'll go to Ramen Street. Okay, wherever that is. Yeah. That's isn't that in Ginza Ramen Street? Oh yeah yeah yeah. Oh I guess yeah. Was that is it Ginza? Is that is that right? I think yeah, there is a ramen street in Ginza. Yeah. There's a Michelin star. Ooh. Ramen place that I I, I went to. Okay, we're gonna go there. Yeah, we should go there. Dope. Perfect. <laughs> looking for looking forward to crushing you, so you have to buy uh, some Okay, but to be honest, like I always win, so. You won one time, and the sample size was not big enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've won multiple times. I swear. Um, I mean, you. Oh won my god. The... <laughs> remember, remember, like when we did the odds game and um i was like what are the odds of you giving me your denim jacket like lending me your denim jacket and it was like a hundred and we set the same number oh yeah yeah and then so you there. wore my denim jacket for the rest of the day and you, and then you and then they gave it back because it's a great jacket <laughs> wow thanks it was a, it was a, i like that it wasn't you jacket. it was the jacket 
Yeah, but it was too hot. And then I shut the fuck up. And uh, I give it back to you because it was too hot. I mean, I mean, look, when I wear that jacket, it's always hot. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I knew you were going to say that. You're so predictable now. <gasps> look, I know you're just, you're, you're, you're starting to understand comedy. Oh, Because you spend so much time with me. <sighs> sure. <laughs> I have no comment. <sighs> no comment? You're a podcaster. You need to have a comment for everything. <laughs> It's like hard thinking on your like on off the top of your feet, or off the top of your head. What's this, what's what's the... off off? Oh my god, off the top of your head or on your feet? On your. Did you know there's? I'm I'm gonna give you a little little uh, English lesson. There is a word for when you merge accidentally merge two idioms together, which you just did. There's a word for that. Oh really? What is it? I don't remember. What the fuck? I'm good right now. Word, word you like you made us sound like you knew you knew what you were talking I mean, about. I I didn't know there was a word that existed for it. Um, it's called a malaphor. Malaphor. Yeah. It's a wow. it's a blend of two aphorisms or idioms or cliches. Well, I did that on purpose. Purpose, so. Huh. Sure. I'm giving you a look right now. People can't tell. But <laughs> give me a look. The only thing you do on purpose is um, <laughs> your face. <gasps> that was peak comedy. Peak, peak comedy. You suck. On that note, I'm going to end the podcast. That's the perfect note to end it on. You suck. Conclusion, Zach sucks. And, and... So in summary, Sayu <laughs> fucking sucks. In summary, Zach is very talented, and you do impressive things, and I look up to you, but you suck. Oh, How about thank that? You. Then, then let, me, let me also say that you also do very talented things. I love what you're doing these days because you're, you're, you're consistently trying to get out of your comfort zone. Uh, oh, you, thank you. You started posting your poetry, which is super brave of you. You're doing a podcast now, um, which I think it's super cool that you're like trying to like expand your like your threshold and like your barrier and like try out some new shit and you're killing it so like good for you and like thanks for having me on the podcast it was a lot of fun thanks i'm gonna like replay that a bunch of times god (laughs) you know what i I need i need need to i need to counteract it with uh me being mean sayu is dumb sayu is dumb everyone together now sayu is dumb (laughs) sayu is dumb sayu is dumb I am though. Okay, it's not fun when you admit it. <laughs> but I am. I agree. <laughs> so oh, I think you have to change your joke now, because it ain't funny anymore. Because it's true. Oh God! All right. Well, I'll figure something out. I'll figure out for the next podcast, <laughs> which I'm also the get. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> You're never coming back on. So. Oh no! No! <laughs> You're banned. No. Um, but thanks thanks so much for being on the podcast episode I honestly didn't think that you'd be on the second episode not this early on I I didn't even know you had a podcast and you were like hey come on my podcast so yeah 
Um, but thank you. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate it. And it was very insightful. And I'm looking forward to all the cool projects that you do. Oh, thank you. Um, and yeah, I'm looking, like I'm. I'm looking forward <laughs> to like re-listening to this podcast to be like that's what i sound like <laughs> oh yeah that's like the worst part right like listening yeah. listening to your own voice oh but, i hate it but you have a good voice you have a you have a good like radio voice do i okay that's good to know yeah so i'm sure it'll be fine oh <laughs> i mean maybe i have it maybe if i end up failing at advertising you'll have a career in uh in radio, I, I definitely have a, I definitely have a face for radio, as my brother would yeah. say. Yeah, <laughs> you, you do. You do have a face for radio, actually. Yeah, uh, you have the well, radio hey, face. I'm allowed to make that joke, but you, <laughs> no. The radio face. You got the generic radio face. Oh God, oh, I hate you so much. <laughs> well, thank you, and we'll see you on the next episode. Well, we won't be seeing you on the next episode, but we'll see everyone else on the next episode. <laughs> And so. they, w- they will be there. They will be there. I promise. Repeat listeners every week. Most successful podcast of 2021 right here. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know if you were being sarcastic, or but I'm going to take it as... You sounded genuine. You have, to find, you have to find out. It, depend, it depends on if I'm right or not. Then, then I'll let you... Depending on that. Well, fuck, I'm I already either. said that I'm right and you're wrong. So I guess... I guess I'm in trouble. Well, it's fun getting in trouble. Mm, okay, uh, before uh, that before... was a reference to an ad from the nineties. I'm n- never mind. Sorry, I. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I'm, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, that it's fun getting in trouble. It was a, it was a board game for like kids. Ah, oh, God. Ring a bell. I'm sorry. I'm, I, sometimes I forget I'm older than you. <laughs> well, thank Bye. you so Here, much. Anyways, okay, I I need to get off this fucking podcast. So. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs>